Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription. Trust me. Mm. If you don't, you will fall out of balance. Mm. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back, everybody, to the Birdies and Bourbon Show. We're happy once again to have Mr. John Tattersall on with us. John, cheers. Cheers. Uh, I'm staying with Tia this time of day, but uh, I'm scared you're going to have to ask me something. I have to sound intelligent, so I thought I might uh, well, stay that, sober for a few minutes. That, that's why Dan uh, has me on the show, John. As long as I'm here, you'll always sound intelligent, my friend. <laughs> okay, good. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So true. Winning. So Winning. true. Uh, Let's see. So before we get started, uh, I don't think we've had a chance to uh, chat. I almost want to say in person, but it's not. I mean, it feels Mm -hmm. like this is in person at this point. It's been going on Mm -hmm. for so long, Uh, but uh, but virtually. uh, So thanks for uh, connecting us with West Durham. We really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, Great guy. I'm glad glad you got that with him. Yeah, I had an awesome time with him. So uh, hopefully I know he's not sick necessarily, but I hope things are going well for him. So uh missed uh missed the football this weekend but uh but yeah so uh Wes, Wes scared uh cal with his golf game john oh really yeah yeah wow. he was talking about it <laughs> and it, it automatically went to how many strokes am i gonna get and they're negotiating and yeah should be interesting yeah, he, he wasn't very forgiving i can tell you that so uh he pretty <laughs> well, much you said know, don't don't lose a bet on the first tee <laughs> <laughs> exactly that that's right that's right so, uh, so here we are. We're, uh, I mean, it's kind of weird. We're in uh, the uh, 2021 season of, uh, of golf already. Yes, according uh, to the PGA Tour, but, but according to everybody else, yeah. Yeah, that, 2020 that's, still. Yeah, that's right. What, uh, so did you have a, did you enjoy your break? <laughs> uh, yeah, sort of, yeah. I've been playing a lot of golf this year, so I don't mind that. And uh, I was on the West Coast working, which was great. So, um Thank you for Delta for getting me around the country nicely. So yeah, if, if, nice. if you can call it a break, I don't yeah. actually work really, do I? So, I mean, you know. uh, hey, you, you heard it here. It's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cal uh, knows so, that feeling for sure. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, hey, I mean, when you drink this much, sometimes it seems like a job. I'm, j- I'm just telling you. J- just saying. <laughs> Where did you go on the West Coast, uh, John? I was in Oregon. I was in Eugene and uh, Bend, which was phenomenal. Um, one of my friends is a coach out at, um, Eugene country club. So I got to spend some time out there. I actually spent some time working with Casey Martin and some of his guys, which was uh, pretty interesting. And, uh, for those that don't know, Casey he played at Stanford, played with tiger, but he was born with a circulation problem in his right leg. Mm. So basically he has a right leg, but he, he cannot stand on it. Really. He broke it last fall, which complicated things. So, mm. uh, and he won on the web.com tour. So he was the guy that, um, had the issue, should we say, with the PGA Tour trying to get the use of a golf cart to play on tour, which if you see him move around now, I mean, it's a, it's a valid need, um, mm-hmm. but, but hell of a player, really good. But interesting from my world, trying to figure out how do you get someone to perform better when they're not performing functionally as a, as a normal golfer. So right. how do you work around that? And um, it's a way better than people that with full use of two legs. So it's pretty fascinating. <laughs> it's good stuff. Right. Yeah, that was part of the world. Yeah, when was he? Uh, like that was maybe I don't know, like fifteen, twenty years ago. Was it that far back? It's, it's it's probably twenty years ago now. Yeah, I think the '97 Open was when the USGA allowed him to use a golf cart, but it wasn't a full golf cart. It was at Olympic, 
And if you know Olympics like this on the side of the hill, and he's on one of these little narrow yeah. uh, golf cart things. And so it was almost a bigger pain in the butt, I think, just getting around on that than it was. Mm. A regular golf cart would have been just fine. It was like there was just, you know. Anyway. Mm. So it's a, yeah, they had a long time ago, they had to do something. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I, I can remember vaguely, uh, but uh, but I do remember in his caddy, oddly, you know, his caddy had to carry the he was still carrying mm-hmm. the clubs and, you know, Casey Correct. was driving oddly enough. But, you know, I'm kind of scratching my, you know, th- thinking about it now, you, know, you brought it up. It's kind of like, well, wait a minute. What does it matter if the caddy rides with him or walks? I mean, the, the player's the player. What What's the caddy? Right. Get? I mean, you know, what, what, it's like <laughs> didn't really make any sense. But, you know, rules are rules, I guess. I mean, whatever. Pace of, pace of play would be the only scenario, I would yeah. imagine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And just logistically moving around at a major, unlike, you know, this week is not normal, obviously. But moving around at a major is usually a major pen in the backside, basically. So sure. Um, it, it's going to be very, before we start talking about it, it's going to be very interesting with having, um, you know, this isn't the first major obviously for the year, but, but it, it's, it feels like a, a normal setting, if you will. We hadn't been out to Harding Park before for a mm-hmm. major, mm-hmm. been to wing foot before. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that feels. Um, you know how the course feels, what it you know what it looks like, and all the rest of it. So, an interesting week. Be good. Be good to see. Yeah, you're 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 uh, you're well ahead of Dan and I. We were uh, we were going to give you a chance to talk about uh, Fusion ATL, but uh, we can keep on this track, or we can circle back to it. Up to you, man. Yeah, but whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do. Uh, I'm good well, with talking about the U.S. Open. I've, I've actually done some prep. Mm. Oh well. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, did John? Did you put forty five thousand dollars down on Phil this week? Mm, if I had it to put on it, I probably wouldn't do that anyway. But, uh, but yeah, somebody's, uh, you know, wow. How about yeah. that one? I, I mean, it's, I, all I could imagine is somebody said, I'll bet you 100000 you won't bet 45000 <laughs> that, 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 that is strong possibility, actually. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. y'all, watch this. Kind of thing. Is that what you say? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, what a story that would be if he won, though. That yeah. awesome. good lord, man! I mean, talking about putting a putting a banner on uh, on a career year or on a, a career, a Hall of Fame career. I mean, you know, hell, could you imagine? That's uh, well. Think about this: you got um, uh, you got Stuart Sink that won last week. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. a li- little bit of a weaker field than, than what we're going to mm-hmm. see this week. But I mean, oh, still yeah. a forty-seven year old. You know, for Stuart Sink, it was his seventh tour win, and you yeah. know, you've got uh, he's playing with you know mid twenty-year-olds out there that are playing. Yeah. Good golf. I mean, every you know, last week they were oh, playing good out there. So they're they're all really good. I mean, and I, I uh, uh, had the pleasure of working with Stuart a few years ago, and he was still swinging 119, 120 miles an hour. So it wasn't a normally as you age, your speed goes down and you just can't compete. But Stuart's still obviously very, very good and plenty fast enough, and that's usually the determining factor on how you can actually score. Mickelson obviously has gotten faster in the last few years through doing stuff with my friends at TPI, with uh, Dave and Greg. So um, it, it's, you know, from my perspective as a coach, it's fascinating to see what can be done. Um, so clearly hitting it far enough is not going to be an issue for Phil. Uh, he's worked on that, keeping it this hitting, way. Hitting fairways be. may be an issue. <laughs> could, so. could be an issue. But, but the, the um, good news about Phil, though, I mean, it doesn't get in his head. I mean, I mean well, shit, huh. I guess if you if you play your whole career and, you know, you, you miss, uh, you know, uh, you, you miss more than 50% of the fairways anyway, it's like, oh, that's fine. Hey, I, I got that shot. No, no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. He's been everywhere you can think of on a golf course, basically, and, yeah. uh, and got out of it. And I, I tell players uh, and kids particularly, 
if you look at Mickelson play, he's got what I think major champions have. I mean, they have many attributes, but almost selective amnesia is what I call it. Like he made a terrible shot. Like, oh my God, what the hell happened? And stands up on the next tee and grabs driver and hits it hard again. Right. I mean, it's just, it's like yeah. a goldfish. He's got a 10 second memory, you know, which is, which is what you need as a, as a performer. You cannot, you cannot live back the here this way. You're always trying to go forward and, and you know, debrief at some point. But yeah, he, you've, you've already played those scared. holes. You yeah. played those holes. You know, yeah. they can only they can only hurt you if you carry them with you, and that's easy to say. But uh, he he is, you know, he he probably is scared on some level. But he, I haven't seen him show it. He, he doesn't show it. It's yeah, incredible. No, no. Yeah. Hey, so so that's an interesting topic or point you bring up. So thinking about, so it's been a long, so a couple of things that you mentioned I want to touch on. So uh, so you know, you being in the uh, in you know on the, on the fitness side of golf, obviously a, an mm-hmm. instructor and a coach, but uh, you know you're heavily involved with uh, with Fusion ATL and uh, you know the fitness side of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you did you see the picture, the comparison of Phil two thousand and six and then mm-hmm. Phil twenty twenty? Holy mm-hmm. shit, man! I mean, what? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you can tell it's the same guy, but if you if you didn't know anything about golf, <laughs> yeah. if you didn't know anything about golf and you just held yeah. it up and said, hey, you know, who, who do you think mm-hmm. these two people are? It wouldn't surprise me for somebody to go, well, OK, I don't know who this one is, but this is probably his brother. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, so uh, uh, this coffee company, Dave and Gray, uh, Dave and Phil, mm-hmm. Dave Phillips is my good friend from Titus Performance Institute. So Dave makes the coffee for Phil and now they've, you know, Phil's like, Hey, we should make a business of this. So mm-hmm. now, uh, they're in the coffee business. Uh, and I travel with Dave quite a bit when it's normal situations and he's up every morning making phenomenal coffee. So now he's actually going to make a, it's really good. I don't know how he does it, but that's cool. Pretty impressive stuff. Yeah. And apparently you can lose weight on it. So who knew? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bourbon hasn't treated me that kindly and I'm, uh, no. I'm, de- I'm not 50 yet. So, uh, you know, we'll you've see. Got, so, you got the selective, you got the selective amnesia though from bourbon. That's probably. true. I, I, absolutely. Yeah. I don't let anything, <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the bad stuff doesn't get in my way. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Let Dave know, man. We'd love to have him on the show and uh, oh, yeah. talk about his coffee for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah absolutely. So, uh, so, okay, let's get to the open. Now, hold, on, um, hold on, hold on one second, one second. Okay, yeah. all right. So, John, you said you saw the picture of Phil, and mm-hmm. he's probably whew, 30, 40 pounds less now than he was back then, maybe? Yeah, but you I mean, also the, the PGA said, Tour said 200 pounds back two, then, but it wasn't. Okay, <laughs> okay. But then you, just, you also said a minute ago, he's been working with TPI, and his ball speeds are faster now than they were then. Yes, yes. Can you explain that? Yeah. Yeah, he's always had uh, Sean Cochran, I think, is the guy that he's always worked with from a, a strength and conditioning. So I've been, you know, when we're at tournaments, you're usually trying to go, if we're at a resort or a hotel, you're going into the gym to work out. And he's been in there quite a bit all the years with Sean, and Sean's got some martial arts background. And so Phil has been overweight, but I would never, ever want to fight him or run into him. He's a, <laughs> he's a strong guy. He, he was just, he just ate too much by an own, own admission. So he's... He's cut back. He's changed his diet. He had some rheumatoid arthritis stuff, I think, yeah. from, from diet. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's always been very, very strong and functionally very strong. And then uh, Dave and Greg did 3D with him. This is probably two years ago now. And um, he's always loved to hit it a long way. So he's always tried to do what the long drive guys do. And he was he was extending. So he was moving in toward the golf ball in the backswing, basically. Uh, and then moving further in toward the golf ball coming down. So his ability to get his arms swinging clearly and swing past him uh, was was not there. 
So they made him feel like he was actually jumping backwards, essentially, creating space. And, and his club speed went up. And they actually, when they worked with him, it was right before he played Tiger mm. in that $9 million oh, yeah. mm. match, which, of course, he won. Um, so they, um, they went over to the house and worked with him at the house and set up the 3D and all this kind of stuff. And he must have some kind of range there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Greg Rose, who's the more the chiropractic, the physical side of the thing, and Dave Phillips is the golf pro. He's that my side of the, of the mm. equation. Greg said, and Greg's like worked with so many players, he didn't care that Phil's Phil, which is a perfect mindset you've got to be in. It's like, I don't care who it is, I've got to tell you what you need to know. And he's like, look, I want you to feel like you're going to jump backwards or, or, you know, don't move in toward the golf ball. And he's, Mickelson's like, I'm going to whiff it. He goes, you're not going to miss it. You're not going to miss it. And Greg's like, this could either, we could be one and done here. It could be, <laughs> he's wired up with a 3D on. He goes, try and hit it as hard as you can, try and move away from the golf ball. And um, he said, you know, there's cars parked up by the house or something like that. Greg's like, this could be like the ball could be in the cars in a minute and we're out of here in two minutes. And he striped it. He's like, he's like, there's no way I can do this. You guys are, you know, full of shit. And he striped it and he goes, oh, okay. And then, and then, and then he played, you know, so you're dealing with phenomenal athletes. Yeah. The reason we try and measure so much is they can do what you're asking them to do. Mm-hmm. So we really want to be sure that what we're asking you to do is is our very, 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 very best guess at what we need to do. And and having all this great technology has helped us measure. Uh, but even in that situation, Greg was like probably a thousand percent right, knowing Greg in his mind. And he still was like, this could go bad in <laughs> two seconds and, and we're out. But no, it went great. And he's played well and he's, his speed's gone up. And he's still working with Sean. So he's... He's lost weight, he's still functional, and he's got some technique stuff he's working on. So all the things we try and do with players doesn't always go that well, but that's what we try and do with players all the time. But the, so the, the fundamentals are there. So it's not, you know, if you're teaching, uh, you know, if I'm coming in and you've got Dan or myself or somebody and you're telling me if you feel like I'm going to jump back, I'm, I'm probably going to fall flat on my ass, right? Because I'm, I'm probably going to really jump back. So No, no, you'd be shocked. Uh, you could not jump backwards hitting a golf ball, honestly, because what's happening is particularly the speeds they're swinging at, but you guys are swinging fast enough. The, the weight of the golf club is going this direction away from you. So when you swing a golf club, and this is what, you know, Bryson DeChambeau and Chris Como have worked on, the amount of force that's pulling toward the golf ball, because the club weighs about a pound, in Mickelson's case, it's going about 120 miles an hour around him, plus the radius of his arms, it's pulling about 160, 70 pounds wow. toward the golf ball. Uh, so yeah. imagine imagine trying to pull jump backwards yeah. when 160 pounds is pulling you forwards. It's, it's nigh on impossible. In that case, um, it'd pull me forward, yeah. You would go with it, yeah, and you would get pulled by it toward yeah. the ball, and you're like this at impact, right? And wondering why you can't hit it anywhere. So if you look at, if people want to look at, like Justin James is a world long drive guy. He's probably not Kyle Berkshire is at the moment. Justin James, if you look down the line at his swing, and Dave and Greg have worked with him, he actually jumps backwards six inches as he's swinging the golf club at 150 miles an hour around him, Whoa. and just the just the energy that's being produced in a system like that is like. For the average person, is just they didn't even know that was a thing. But for me that knows what it is, it's just still mind-blowing mm-hmm. how you can jump this way when something's pulling you that hard toward the camera. Mm. Yeah, it makes me think of uh, like Justin Thomas comes to mind immediately just mm-hmm. when, when he's swinging yeah. through and, and his, you know, his front foot. I mean, he's lit like when he's coming down, his front foot looks like it's almost off the ground completely. Like he is kind of jumping at the ball, which, you know, I, I yeah. would think if, if you've ever had any instruction, people are telling you, oh, don't jump. 
but he's not yeah. I mean, I'm visualizing what you're saying and he's actually not jumping mm -hmm. at the ball. It's just the, I don't know, the inertia or the momentum that's, that makes it it's, look uh, like that in the speed, right? It's the ground reaction forces. So what you're trying to do with these players is like a, think of a plane. So if you have a very fast jet, it's thrust to weight ratio. So how much power you can produce versus how much do you weigh? Justin Thomas doesn't weigh much, but he could probably jump. So we test vertical with players. The long drive guys, their verticals are in the 30 inches usually. Wow. PGA Tour are low 20s. So uh, Justin Thomas can probably jump in the low to mid 20s vertically. Right. So to, to jump that high, you have to put pressure into the ground. So when we see them jumping, that's a reaction. They've, they've applied, when they get to the top of the swing, they're applying so much vertical force into the ground, the ground pushes back. And so you see them in the air. Mm. Uh, so they are loading the ground first of all. So if we see ankle injuries, knee injuries, hip injuries in the lead leg, it's a problem because the amount of force that leg takes in the golf swing is dramatic. And uh, and so he, he knows he's jumping in the air because he's seen it. But I don't think he ever tried to jump in the air. I think he was a small kid, had to hit it hard and used every conceivable piece of his body to hit the golf ball. Sure. And so if, if you've got anybody out there that's got kids and, and, and they're jumping in the air or they're extending into the ball, I don't care. I want them to feel what it feels like to create speed. We can always bring technique to speed. Mm -hmm. We cannot bring speed to technique. That, that, once that ship has sailed, it's very hard to get it that direction. The newer guy on tour that um, just made Rookie of the Year that I kind of think of when you're talking about jumping away from the ball is maybe like a Scotty Scheffler. Mm -hmm. Is that one? Is he kind of doing similar? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. If you look at his action, like not a conventional looking golf swing, but look at his lower body action. Like his arms are up quite high. So you'd never see, I want to say never, but I can't think of anybody that has a fairly flat looking golf swing mm -hmm. that jumps. They're using more rotational speed as their power source. But you look at more and more players now, the hands are going very high and they're pushing into the ground and they're jumping and rotating. Um, so I, I tell players, look, twist happens. We're, we're trying to interact with the ground. If your feet interact correctly and you're, you're turned in the back and that the, the forces you create, create twisting. Whereas a lot of people try and twist and they create no actual speed because they're trying to actually twist. The twist is a almost a consequence of other things that are going on. Mm. And and people get it in the wrong order, unfortunately. They twist and then the the, the it's like the air's gone out of the balloon. The the energy's gone this way and we need more down energy and then out of the ground energy. Mm. Um, so so if kids are listening out there, just try and hit as hard as you can. <laughs> a good a good coach will figure out how to make it go straight. Or call uh, John Tattersall at Fusion ATL. There you go. That's always, yeah, that, that phone hasn't broken yet. So <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm steering us now to, I'm going to the U.S. Open. You've done your research. Uh, mm -hmm. so, so first question, have you played Wingfoot? A uh, number of times, yeah. Yeah. Very, very difficult. Okay, so difficult. Understatement, understatement, actually. Yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of weird. We were, uh, you know, we do a little DraftKings show on Monday and, you know, we were doing some research and, and not uh, in the research side, we're not necessarily listening to players because they're not really speaking and talking about the course yet. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. that's, that's happening today and tomorrow kind of thing. Right. But uh, so prior mm -hmm. to it's the, you know, it's the, it's the Dan and cows, right. It's the people that yeah. <laughs> the hackers out there, they're, you know, looking at stats and such and trying to make some guesses and, and everything was kind of leading down the road of, okay, well, it's going to be the rough and it's not going to favor the bombers and it's going to be, you can play the, 
I don't, I wouldn't really say anybody's out there as a short hitter. Uh, you know, in comparison, yeah. there's some shorter yeah. hitters. So, you know, even the long hitters are long, but it's like, yeah, you know, that it's, you got to look at fairways and you got to look at, you know, approach. And I agree with the approach and I agree with the accuracy, but it was kind of interesting to hear, uh, who DJ, JT, Rom, Brian, and Bryson said, they said, Hey, are you going to, you know, uh, everybody's talking about the rough, you know, are you going to change your game up? He said, I'm going to hit it as far as I can. <laughs> And, and I'll, I'll yeah. worry about it when I get there because everybody's yeah. really talking about the rough and how demanding it's going to be. And I don't know if you saw the, uh, you know, the post or the, the meme or it wasn't a meme. It was a post and somebody on course, they had the can stuffed down in the um, uh, oh, like a, a soda can. Yeah, they had a soda yeah. can that was stuffed in the grass. So you think yeah. about like a 12 ounce soda, right? And they pull it out and it's the tall boy yeah. Arnold Palmer. So oh, yeah, wow, and, okay. yeah, and, and wow. you couldn't you couldn't see it, and and they're like, yeah. hey, they you know they're probably going to cut it once, and then they're going to let it grow through the week. So I don't right. know, you wind up with maybe you know six plus inches of rough out there at least, you know, at, at probably its minimum. So yeah. so how do, how do you you played it? It's tough. Uh, sorry, long leading question, but <laughs> if you and a lot of these people haven't played the course, they haven't been mm -hmm. there on tour since 2006. A lot mm -hmm. of the people have kind of stopped in when they've been in the Northeast or whatever. And then and so so what's it like if you've got a player that hasn't been there? I mean, what's the what's the preparation look like? And then who do you think's done it right? And who do you think could have done it better leading up to this? If, if you got any insight there? Yeah, I, I don't on who's done it right, who could have done it better, really. I think they're so used to going to courses. I mean, the beauty of being on the PGA Tour is um, the, the caddies or the player from the previous year, we have the pin locations. We, we basically, we know where they were last year. We're looking in our books from last year. We know what clubs we hit, what time of day they played, all that kind of stuff. So we, there's a lot of things you can do that can help gain confidence by looking back at what you've done in previous years. Uh, very few players are in this field that played in 06, I think, was when Mickelson lost. Mm -hmm. um, and Mickelson's not the same player he was in 06. So it's it's like the, the Masters is one where you're going back every year to the same course, but most of the time you're going through the same process. I mean, the players feel different all every week, week to week. The swing feels a little different. So th there's not a lot can be gained from that. There's some familiarity, but it's much more about how do the holes look to certain players that kind of feel more comfortable seeing that type of hole and seeing what they have to do um, rather than like what can be gained from what's going on in the past. And, and you know, the, so what will be a Tuesday today, it's, it's, it's the longest day of major championship, I think, is Tuesday because everybody's going to play a practice round unless like Tiger was there on Sunday. So he may have played nine, he may play nine, nine and nine and nine tomorrow. Most players are getting in Monday. Today's a full day. Uh, tomorrow, if they feel comfortable, they'll just play nine holes and hit some balls. Like they know it's a long week, so they're saving their energy. Um, today, we're we're usually out there looking at lines off the tee. Uh, we're considering it, we know what the wind is probably going to be for the week, um, and you're looking at prevailing wind and and the sight lines off the tee is such a big big deal. Uh, a lot of times at these courses, the way they do the mowing patterns, it's not obvious standing on the tee where the where you need to hit in the fairway. Mm. If it's a slight dog leg, they let the rough grow, so you can't quite see the fairway, but then you get out there, there's yeah. plenty of fairway there. So you, you're trying to figure out the ideal line off the tee and take into account what the wind could change. And also, it, you know, the, I think I look, when I looked at the weather, it looks like it's going to get drier the rest of the week. 
so now you're looking at almost you're looking at your endpoints and then you're looking at your runouts because as it starts to firm up it starts to run out through the rough sure. and um so you're trying to figure those things out and then you're doing your best guess on the greens and this is you know typically uh we either have those ghost holes those fake holes uh when i coached the swedish players they had dip cans so i'd have dip cans and i'd throw those <laughs> on the green for the for the holes uh to try and figure out where they're going to be and so my job as a coach is i go on the green they would they would hit a shot to the pin because uh, it's just on the green it's usually in a pretty benign position uh, and then they'd hit you're not really allowed to hit multiple shots into the greens whereas players will do if you're if your name's tiger or something like that you do whatever the hell you want but <laughs> but most most players are only allowed one shot into the green unless you miss a green and they can you can hit another uh, but then when around the green we're we're putting the pin or the, we're putting tees down or putting uh, cans down to figure out where we think the pins are going to be and then the players will throw the balls off onto the edge of the green and, and hit shots and that kind of thing and putt to different locations. So it usually, you know, it's a six hour round, basically. It's, it's, yeah. it's a long day mm-hmm. uh, because you get, you're trying to get all your work done today. And then Wednesday, it's depending on the player as to how much they want to practice. If they're feeling pretty good, they're not going to wear themselves out because they're anticipating they're going to be there all week. And it's a long week if you're, if you're, you're early late and then ideally you're late late on the weekend so you're trying to conserve energy and and the mental energy to to compete at that level is pretty significant i mean they are when they get done with a round they're pretty wiped and it's not physical sure. particularly it's it's more just the absolutely left everything out there ideal scenario um, yeah. so they're in energy conservation mode but um but it, it doesn't matter quite as much I think in a good way, if you're overthinking the course, you see too much and they're so good at just seeing what they want to see, getting a good feel and then hitting the shots. It's like you want to be prepared, but not overly prepared where you're worrying about every damn thing out there because you just too much information a lot of times. Yeah, John. So, prob- real quick, Raquel, not to get not to go too far off topic here, but when you see a guy like DJ at Eastlake mm-hmm. on Sunday night with mm-hmm. the Monday finish, and he's pounding balls to mm-hmm. like seven o'clock, seven thirty at night, as a coach, does that scare mm-hmm. you that he's playing too much that day? Um, it depends on. I mean, he's physically able to do it. Um, it depends on could he trust. I, I don't think they're working on something new. I think they're trying to hone a feel that they had, and he probably thought he couldn't trust something that day. Okay. Um, so he's trying to hit certain shots in practice that he knows he's going to face the next day to try and get that comfort level up or get feedback as to why is the ball doing that when I'm trying to do this. Okay. Um, so he's kind of you know running through some kind of scrubber of like why is the ball not quite performing like I want it to, um, and so. Some players get comfort from hitting golf balls. Some players are like, I've done enough. I'm, I'm just going to overthink it. I'm out. No insult to DJ. Highly unlikely he's going to overthink anything. <laughs> in our way. But he, he, is, he's a, he is able to do what he's trying to do. And that's, that is, A, the beauty of a coach. Like Claude's a friend of mine. I mean, he, he batters in with data, he says. So he's like, look, you're not doing this part well. Let's keep getting a better at this part, and then DJ is just like goes and does it. So, um, yeah, it, it's unusual you'd see somebody practice that much uh, that the night before. But 
clearly he wasn't comfortable with something. Mm-hmm. Well, like, uh, to your point, you talk about Phil, you know, you get DJ, same thing. He in the shot and he knows what he needs to do and it doesn't go the right way. It's not like he's not going to let it bother him on the next one, right? No, no. And that's, that's a great thing. No matter who you are, the better you can leave it behind you. Now, what most players want to know is um, not particularly what happened, but what do they need to do? Mm-hmm. Like, why is, why is that? Yeah, give me an explanation or give me a reason why that's happening, but but tell me what the hell to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I don't want to spend too much time on this guy. He's not in the tournament, but uh, <laughs> he uh, he withdrew. Uh, mm-hmm. So, what do you think about Brooks, man? I mean, he uh, he talked a lot. Yeah. Of, he talked a lot of trash coming up to uh, to game time, and then now all of a sudden, it's like, hey, okay, I'm I'm out. I mean, I, I hope if he is injured, I hope he gets well soon. But uh, yeah, it's kind of you know if you're if you're gonna go on with all that, man. I mean that that's a lot to uh, put out on the line and then not show up. Yeah, I think we talked about it a little bit. Like some players just need that factor to just get them fired up to you know make yeah. them work hard and all the rest of it. And it look anytime there's an injury to player, I feel bad. I mean Brooks has contracts, so I don't feel as bad. <laughs> but but it's like they're athletes and they want to perform. Sure. And he can't perform. And it's, and it's like, you know, it's like um, I remember years ago, the, there was a thing with one of the, the special forces and they were going into a battle and some news reporter was like, I'm so sorry, you got to go do this. He goes, dude, I've worked all my life for this. this I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. You know, we have trained for this moment. So, right. you know, that's how athletes are. They, they've trained very hard to go do what they're trying to do. And the thing that concerns me a little bit, I think it's a it's a left knee injury. Again, anytime there's a lead leg injury, I'm a little more concerned because of the amount of pounding that takes place in that in that side of the body. Um, he he's young enough, but but you know, look, Tiger's had multiple left knee yeah. injuries and they accumulate. So um, yeah, for sure. Know, um, and does he use this as a motivator to get better and stronger and come back? Highly likely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So you did some homework. Uh, so who do you like this week, man? Oh, well, you know, I'm terrible at that. But I've got, so I, I would say, um, so thinking about what's going on with, I know Wingfoot from playing it, and you're also hearing stuff about the rough. Uh, driving the ball, obviously, very, very important. The other thing I'd look for is you've got to have somebody that can hit the ball quite high and far with the irons, just because most of the greens are elevated. Um, so if you are out of position, you have to have the trajectory to get it up in the air and hit it hard enough. So I, I don't disagree that the Bombers, you know, the, the people saying you need to hit in the fairway, it may not be an advantage to the Bombers. Everybody's going to miss fairways at some point, no matter who you are. And the problem with when you're not one of the longer hitters, you're back further down the mm-hmm. fairway. And now you are literally just, you're hoping to wedge it close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas the Deschambeaus and the rest of them, they've got a chance to get it somewhere near the green from the rough. They may not get it on the green, but they're going to get it closer to the green. So we just know from doing this, the closer we get it to the green, the more chance we've got of scoring better. Uh, so I still look for a longer player. I think um, a John Rom will be absolutely perfect for this, given the fact he's plenty long, but he's also straighter than average for that length player. Um, I, I honestly don't know how bad the rough is. I've seen the pictures, mm-hmm. but it's not Bermuda grass. So right. like Heath Lake was only this long, right. but that long of Bermuda grass is probably this long <laughs> as fescue. So, yeah, sure. you know, some of it is kind of jo- positioning and talking crap to see, you know, who's going to be scared <laughs> by it. But <laughs> they've seen rough before. And um, I, I think it's more of, 
it, it's the the rough is going to present an issue from from figuring out what where you want to be off the tee but it's really what does it let you do to the green because the greens are typically longer than they are wide and the, the bunkers are quite deep on each side so yes driving is important i see someone that's a good iron player uh, as being a having advantage and sim not quite the same as augusta but similar the, the greens are very undulating and very very quick mm -hmm. so again putting's important um, touch is really really important. like distance uh putting would be a would be something else i'd look for so i i, I like rom every time at the moment dj obviously i mean talk about being able to everybody's going to make bogeys so can you have the mindset of a dj where you make a bogey and you shake it off and you're on to the next hole sure so you know he's playing phenomenal uh, someone like that would be great uh, my friend mark blackman coaches Ches Reevy at the other end of the spectrum who hits probably more fairways and is a great iron player uh, so sorry to jinx you Ches and mark but uh, <laughs> but but that could be someone like that like um kevin kisner uh brandon yeah. todd uh, you know those kind of players i think kiz probably more than brandon i think he's a little bit longer uh, would be a would be a good pick. Um, Webb goes in that category. Uh, say who's that? Webb Simpson. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he so it's someone that could miss greens and and like Webb is almost one of those guys that could miss nearly every green and still shoot par. Uh, he's a phenomenal wedge player. So think of guys like that that can get out of position and and then recover well. Uh, he'd certainly be in that category for sure. Um, driving wise, he's not. Uh, quite as good. He can he can be a little uh, flaky with the driver, relatively speaking. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I would say that um, that that could be more of an issue. But he's played phenomenal this year. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So and he's won a he's won a U.S. Open before. So yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. That, yeah, you what, know that 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 mindset does help. I'm sure. Yeah. So that's a so so the uh, and, and I've heard nothing but positive things at least. So we you know I, you know as lay people, Dan and I, I mean we don't hear the behind the scenes stuff, mm -hmm. um, but uh, everybody's been very positive about um, uh, about the setup, about the question. They don't know the actual setup yet. They don't know pin mm -hmm. placements, but they haven't. You know, a couple people. Patrick Reed, shocking. He was bitching about the rough. You know, which I mean, with his <laughs> with his wedge game and around the green, I don't know why he's complaining. I guess maybe off the tee. But uh, what what do the players think behind the scenes as far as the U.S. Open setup? I mean, are we getting the real story uh, when they're being interviewed and from the media, or is it the cameras off and the microphones off, and then it's or is it a mixed bag? It's a mixed bag. I mean, it's it's very dependent on how they play. Um, I was at Marion, and the players thought that was phenomenal. I was at Pinehurst; it was a little different. Uh, but in general, it depends on how they're how they're playing. Um, it, but but like Shinnecock, for instance, I mean, they 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 lost it again there. Basically, they yeah. they screwed up there. So it's unfortunate. In general, I think they they have an idea of what the score should be before they before the tournament starts. Right. And so then if any conditions go badly, it, that score just becomes unobtainable. So I, I think their philosophy is a little screwed up, to be honest with you. I mean, they're, they've, they've said that they're trying to identify the best player in the world, um, and they haven't done it each year for quite a number of years, really. So probably Gary Woodland was one of those guys who was never won a major, probably should have done 
that was a good one. But mm-hmm. Pebble Beach is such an iconic location. I think it was it was hard to mess that up. But um, you know, um, Aaron Hills, they kind of messed that up. Shinnecock definitely messed it up. Um, if you look back over the last few years, they haven't had the best player winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and whereas like the PGA have done a pretty good job. And they, again, they, they have a fair course set up and they don't really have a score in mind. Uh, whereas the USGA got a bit too fixed on that, I think. And I, and, and they, I think they did kind of hold their hand up and say, you know what we did, we did screw up a little bit right. as much as they're going to say it. But a lot of the pros in a, in a, uh, disrespectful way, sometimes they're like, look, we've got an amateur group running professional events. Mm-hmm. That is more what you'll hear behind the scenes from players. That's fair. Uh, and, but you know, if you've played badly and you tried your ass off to try and play well, you're not going to come off going, oh, it's great out there. It's not a member guest. As Kisner says, this isn't a hobby. You know? That's right. That's yeah, right. right. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. So, uh, John, so uh, help Cal out. He um, mm-hmm. He's dead set on some guys this week. And um, yeah. uh, number one, I'll pick one from your neck of the woods and then one not too far from your neck of the woods. And just help him out here. What do you think about Tommy Fleetwood and then Martin Keimer? Um, Tommy Fleetwood, yes. Um, really, really good ball striker. Suspect to touch with the putter. Um, but if you're if you're trying to hit greens and two putt, then that lets a lot of you know that that makes it a bit easier. Uh, unless Keimer can do something around these greens, if the greens are so if it's so tough around the greens that nobody can really do much, then possibly. Generally speaking, Keimer's not a good pitcher or chipper of the ball. Relatively speaking, like at Pinehurst when he won, you basically could putt from everywhere around those greens. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd, I'd really be surprised about Keimer. Um, Tommy Fleetwood, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, he is solid. I mean, he is an impressive ball striker, both off the tee and uh, into the green. So, yeah, he'd be a he'd be one that I'd like to see do well for sure. Oh. Not just because he's from my neck of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe a little bit. <laughs> maybe a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely some bias there, but I'm, I'm very impressed with him. Yeah, but, and and both of those guys have been playing really well in Europe. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, uh, you know, yeah. again, different courses that they're going to be, mm-hmm. they're showing up at, at uh, you know, New York this week for sure. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was I was at the PGA when Kaima won, and I think it was, was it 2010? Mm-hmm. Um, I think when Dustin had his rules if it, issue. I was at Pinehurst yeah, when, yeah. when uh, Kaima won there. Uh, the Saturday morning, I was in the, we, with the caddies when we were at tour events, and we were in the um, uh, the caddy area. Actually, on Tuesday, I was there with a player on the range, and Kaim was there, and he's got this string around his neck with a tennis ball. And I, I knew he hadn't played well for a little while, and he's hitting balls next to us. I'm like, well, this guy's got no freaking. <laughs> <laughs> and then on Saturday, his caddy came in, Weemon, the Scottish guy, and he came in, and the other caddies are like, which course did you play? Because you sure as shit didn't play the course we've been mm-hmm. on the last two days. Because <laughs> he was 10 under par after two rounds, and everybody else was even, I think. He had like a 10-shot lead or something like that after two rounds. So, you know, he's not scared. So if he, someone like that, they get, again, back to the amnesia thing, yeah. the press tend to go, well, this guy hasn't played well for a long time. And the player's like, if I play well and I feel it, I can win. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, that's what you want from a player. They're not sitting there usually thinking of all the things that are wrong. They're, they're not normal humans. They're thinking about, I can win this week. So, what, what did he have the thing that? around his neck for? Why, why did he have it around his neck? 
it, it was it, you, you've seen them now they've got this it's like a, a string and mm. then he's got a tennis ball that fit between his arms oh. so when he's standing there so now it synchronizes his arms with his gotcha. body gotcha and, and he was doing that and he's like every swing he's got to take this tennis ball like he's strangling himself <laughs> and stick it back in his arms and he's German so he's very methodical yes. so he's, like, he's doing that and I'm over there like yeah. he, he shows up with these Why hickeys on his neck after the round and his wife's like yeah. uh, where the hell have you been you haven't <laughs> yeah what, what do you yeah. think about uh, the uh, US Open locking in all those dates at Pinehurst like through 2047 or something oh something yeah I mean I like Pinehurst the first club I worked at when I came to the States right. Country Club in North Carolina in Pinehurst and uh, so I played number two quite a bit um, I, I think it's awesome from a golf course perspective I think it's a, a lot of a, a financial mm-hmm. some you know the, the, there's some reason why just the, the these tournaments now are getting so huge mm-hmm. and um, uh, you know it's like the, the 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 infrastructure you need around them and and all the other pieces you need are massive so if you get some kind of scenario like that where clearly it works uh, logistics are pretty easy uh, almost like the masters it's like they've got everything in place every year they can just roll it out so on the one hand um i'm a little disappointed at some of the older clubs and that kind of thing we won't be going back there but it's this is not a quaint tournament anymore this is mm-hmm. like a major sporting event mm-hmm. and i think they're looking at it from that perspective and um i know there's certain courses in certain pl- parts of the world the usga are just not probably going to go back to because of you know it's like it, dealing with the with the state dealing with all the other stuff they have to deal with it it's yeah. it's hard work I and mean, it's it's not an easy thing um, for so, one time a year right so for one time a year i mean they, they they make they make the money on this tournament to underwrite all the other things they do for amateur golf right. uh, so they, they they they've got to get it right they don't have the ability to kind of whiff on one and um and now you know now you're back to everything else suffers i mean the when Fox signed up their deal with the USGA, I think that was awesome. Mm-hmm. That deal's gone away. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure, I think NBC's got it again. Yep. I'm sure they're paying them well. Mm-hmm. But I think the Fox deal was so good, it allowed them to do some things. Might have been a short, sharp intake of breath. Now they're back with uh, NBC. I mean, NBC are probably like, yeah, we'll do it. But, you know, we're not going to do it for whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a, lot, there's a lot of other issues going into it, apart from the fact that, that Pinehurst is a great venue. I never thought about the Fox, NBC, and Pinehurst being announced like that timeline. And then I heard, I think they're going to do some kind of museum or hall, not a hall of fame, but a museum kind of thing or something the, there the, as well. Yeah. Yes. And a testing center. Yeah. So you think about, you know, they're probably getting a deal on the land or something like that. So there's a lot of pieces that I think the USGA needed. Yeah. I mean, trying to do a testing center in Far Hills, New Jersey, when it's <laughs> freezing your ass off after yeah, that, that doesn't work. So I think there was things the USGA needed. And, and they need to get the U.S. Open right because they underwrite so many other things. Gotcha. Uh, so I, I, I can see it making sense from that perspective. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, it's great for Pinehurst. It's, uh, yeah. you know, it's like. Yeah, no kidding. You know. <laughs> we, yeah, don't have to, yeah. we don't have to make any more plans uh, until 2047, right? So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if we, if I'm still here at that point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Other, other than just their, uh, you know, whatever their regular tournaments are that they have and such. Mm, and north uh, and south, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that, that kind of opens, they freeze mm-hmm. them up, man. I mean, they're in pretty good shape mm-hmm. after that. So. Yeah, yeah, it's good for them. Uh, what else you want to share about the Open? So, I mean, the, one of the things that I think is pretty cool is the Open has fun with how they do the pairings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I made some notes on, mm-hmm. on some of the pairings, and I got one that's the least worst 
least words spoken pairing. Oh, I want to hear this. I haven't seen this. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick Reed, Jordan Spieth, and Hideki Matsuyama. <laughs> Nice. Oh. Yeah. oh man yeah, that could be a that could be a hello and thank you at the end so, like, so, so hideki doesn't care because he's not saying anything anyway yeah uh nobody wants to talk to patrick reed so and, and pat's used to that so he's fine yeah he's fine and well and not even that i mean you, and spieth and greller i mean they're probably not going to be talking much either so. <laughs> yeah yeah so it's like yeah they, they, they don't want to mic up that group the microphone is this on is hey this? Hold, hold on though this could be a great strategy mm. because it's been you know the players have been like hey i don't want to be mic'd up because yeah. you know you don't want to hear what i'm saying you you know if i I say yeah. if I if I start cussing or something, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. get fined or I'm gonna get yelled at. And it's like shit. I've got the perfect group. Actually, John has the perfect group. Mic yeah. them up. You're not yeah. gonna have to bleep yeah. anything Nothing. out. You're all good. No. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Perfect. <laughs> um, and then there's who hits it the furthest group. Oh, yeah, that's Deschambeau, Dustin, and uh, who's he playing with? He's at uh, who's the third one in that one? Uh, Finau. Oh, that'd be uh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So Finau is going to just get, you know, he's going to, okay, boys. Then about the fourth hole, he's going to go, going to go, oh, shit. That's true. So he's probably longer than eight, both of them, uh, both Dustin and Bryson, but he just you doesn't think, use it very often. You think Finau is? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah they, They're not yeah. even close. They played so, that fourth round at the PGA together, uh, DeChambeau and Finau. Yeah. Oh, did so, they really? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. do you think that's going to get in his head at all? And he's he is actually gonna see these guys kind of. So, I mean, so it, as a coach, right? And and, mm-hmm. and I mean, you, you go there with a game plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're playing with uh, with 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 folks that are hitting it and they're hitting it long, and and you've got your game plan. I mean, I guess if you're a professional and you're good at what you do, you don't deviate. But isn't there something in the back of your mind that just get kind of bites you and says, "Oh yeah, you got to go yeah. for it." Yeah, probably. I mean, they're probably not in the U.S. Open, but I guarantee you, if one of them hits it past the other one, there's going to be some shit talking going on. <laughs> so, yeah, so one of the one of the players I used to coach, he was paired with um, Tiger in the last round of the players when Tiger won the last time. And Adam was my buddy. He would, we were coaching this player together. And Adam was caddying that week for Casey, and um, he knew that Casey hit it past Tiger on one hole, and so Adam went up and put the bag down next to Tiger's ball. <laughs> almost like acting like he's getting the yardage and, and Tag's like what the fuck are you doing like, oh, oh I'm sorry we didn't catch you I didn't realize that and this is the last round of the players and you know Tiger won but that's oh, yeah, perfect sure. that's yeah, perfect yeah, yeah. but so there's, there's all of that going on usually yeah I mean you know there's a, there, there's a long time between shots there's a lot of stuff you got to talk about to just stop yourself Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you can't have a good time, right? I mean, it's. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're out there just busting it, I mean, you turn into. I don't know. Look at, look at Spieth. You know, I mean, his uh, kind of head looks like it's crazy, and and maybe that's the reason. You know, it's like yeah. he's not. Uh, yeah, is, just, is he in, or is he able to enjoy it? That's the other thing. So, yeah. um, I, yes, if you play well, you do what you're trying to do. I mean, again, you're trying to perform. So some players need to talk. Some players need to be quiet. You know, yeah. and a good caddy knows when to shut up and keep up and, and other times you know you've got to jump in and say something because uh, the guy's losing his mind so you know. <laughs> but the, that's that's a good scenario where you're out there trying to help the guy perform the way he needs to perform God, it's I, the I, only sport really we don't get to coach during the during the game really oh, so yeah. other, you know so 
Um, so I like caddying for players a lot of times in tournaments because I can actually see what they're doing. Like, what sure. are they truly saying and how uncomfortable are they with certain shots? Because we can talk about it on the practice tee, but it, it, unless you're there seeing what they're saying, can they add up numbers correctly under stress? I mean, the, you know, it's, it's not, not as easy to add as you think it is when you can't remember your own name, you know? <laughs> we talk yeah. a lot about the... Uh, <clears throat> No fans, John. And we've mm-hmm. seen this in terms of the roars and all that. But you just kind of hit mm-hmm. on something in terms of you know, you're from a caddying, caddying perspective. But with no fans there, as a coach, is there some advantages to players that maybe lean on that more that are younger? We saw Marocal. We've seen mm-hmm. a lot of success. Yeah. Could there be some unofficial coaching on the sideline kind of thing going on where you can see your coaches uh, as no fans there? Yeah, definitely. I think that um, uh, I, I don't think that would happen. Um but I think the thing that does happen is there's less, ad- there's adrenaline flowing, mm-hmm. um, but it, it doesn't feel the same. And so if you look at the leaderboards, like I think like we talked about, there's just much more condensed leaderboards now, mm-hmm. like guys that would typically not do quite as well. And I would say clearly Tiger is someone that, that feeds off of that energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it, you know, there's no, there's no real energy there to, to, get from so i mean if you're if tiger and you're playing well and it's a sunday of a major and you got everybody wanting you watch you hit it that's distracting for for the other players usually around yeah, you right that's got to be a one or two shot advantage to you i would imagine um so players that like you know what they say michael jordan wanted the ball in the last play of the game there are certain players that want that there's some players who are quite okay making a bunch of money walking into a restaurant nobody would ever know who they are mm-hmm. you know so that type of player potentially under this situation could perform better mm. because they don't quite have the everything going on around them mm. gotcha um there's another pairing too the best looking swing pairing uh-oh uh-oh oh 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 good day mate <laughs> There you go. That's one of them. I <laughs> know it. Hey, best looking, best looking swing on tour. Yeah, Rory McIlroy, Adam Scott, and Justin Rose. That's three good ones. They are good. They are three that good ones. Three good. That's mm-hmm. good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What, what yeah. are we going to see from? Uh, I think uh, I think we all know. You may have some in, so you may want to share some more. But I want to go hit straight to uh, to Rosie. What are we going to see out of him? Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. I mean, he's he stopped working with Sean Foley. Uh, Sean's a friend of mine. I, I think that Sean was a um, maybe technical, obviously very, very good, but more of like a, a good coach. Um, I don't think we're going to see much out of him. He could surprise us and do well, but he's certainly shown nothing recently. Um, I think when he played in the PGA, he didn't hit it that well. He putted phenomenally well. And this golf course or a, any major is going to test ultimately how you're striking it. I mean, the generally speaking the best ball strikers that putt well that week win so it's like you you cannot uh win these tournaments hitting it average and and putting phenomenally it just it just wears you out after a while yeah well, the um, greens so, are going to play rough for everybody though i mean i was just i mm-hmm. haven't played the course but i was looking uh, you know at some of the uh what it the uh what are you, the, the the drone views of those yeah, things yeah and, yeah. and I mean, it's like shit, man. If you could, you know, if you can one putt a few and two putt everything, I mean, you're probably going to be happy. I, I would be ecstatic just to two putt everything. But Thrilled, I mean, for, yeah. for, for the pros, I mean, that, that I mean, those things are going to be just nasty. Yeah, and and this, I think it's the kind of course too where you could hit 18 greens and score worse than the guy that miss, hits 13 greens and misses it in the right spot because you right. could be on some of the greens and be off the green shortly thereafter because there are 
severe tilts to them. It depends on where the pin's placed and all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be um, – it is a ball-striking competition, and the ones that putt the best are going to be near the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, yeah, awesome. It's just it's just too hard tee to green. Mm-hmm. Like you, you cannot – you cannot hit it poorly and make up for your putting because it's like on a on a 500 yard par four with deep rough either side. You're not getting there in two, so it's like the best you're going to make is four. Three is never an option, mm-hmm. yeah, and sure. six is six is an option. So it's like you know you got to hit it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a- absolutely. Uh, so I'm loving these uh, these pairings and and the mm-hmm. names that you're giving them. Uh, we're, mm-hmm. So. If we use them again, it's not stealing. That's more of a compliment, right? <laughs> no. Yes. We'll, we, yeah, we, yeah. We'll, we'll, we, we can asterisk before we uh, before yeah. we go through some of these. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, I love this, man. This is good. Yeah. So there was <laughs> – I won't tell you this one on the air, but anyways, one – but there's a bulldog pairing. <laughs> a bulldog pairing. That's bulldog pairing. That's uh, 734. So that's, that's uh, Brendan Todd, Harris English, and Davis Thompson. Oh, nice. Bulldogs. Okay, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. very yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. A little UGA yep. shout out there. Mm-hmm. There's a Canadian pairing. Mackenzie Hughes. Uh, go on. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the rest of them. You tell me the rest of them. Corey, Corey Connors. <laughs> oh, Corey, that's, that, that's right. That's, mm-hmm. I didn't, yeah. 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 And there's an Aussie pairing. That, uh, let's see. Uh, Jason Day. Uh, no, you won't get this one. I'm all right, well, right, don't, oh. don't leave me hanging. Lucas, Lucas Herbert, Matt Jones, and Lucas Michael. Oh, no, I would oh, never cut yeah, that you're one. Right. No. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. No, that would have been a, an awkward silence on the, uh, on the thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the interesting one is um, uh, Gary Woodland is playing with Andy Ogletree. Oh. Um, yeah. Wow. So, uh, so, th- so, He's obviously defending U.S. Open champion. Andy Ogletree, because it should have been played in June, yeah. would have been the defending U.S. Amateur champion. Sure. Oh, yeah. cool. But he's, actually, but he's actually not the current U.S. Amateur champion, but he's playing as though he is defending. So, oh, yeah. Cool. yeah. Very cool. Uh, who the Georgia Tech guy was, uh, for his name slipped my mind. But, uh, uh, Ogletree. Ogletree. That's him. He's oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, but the but the back to back. Back to back. Yeah. We're talking to Wes mm-hmm. about that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And um, I can't remember the guy's name, the kid's name now. Uh, we should know because he said it every five seconds. He got his entire life history on the U.S. Amateur. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, it's an it's a talent. The kid was um, his grandfather won some pub links, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's obviously we're underwhelmed by it. We can't remember. No, no, not at all. Completely underwhelmed. No, it's a Georgia Tech guy. I shouldn't say that being in Georgia. No. It'll come to us later. But anyway, so that's that's why Ogletree is paired with Woodland. Tyler Strafoski. There you go. Well done. There you go. Yeah, you're fa- faster on the faster on the keyboard than I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I want to make sure we can Google no, Not, on, not mm-hmm. on the swing, though. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know we got to get a symbol for this thing man yeah uh, yeah exactly well love it man mm-hmm. uh, i love those picks uh we're definitely going to uh going to pull a few uh coins out of there mm-hmm. yeah there's um and the other one sorry the major championship pairing which is tiger justin thomas and i forget who else 
Um, but what, what I what I called that though in my mind was Tiger. Who would you like to play with, Perry? <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know that yeah. probably bodes well for JT. I mean, I wouldn't say he's been struggling necessarily, but uh, he he looks very frustrated at times on the golf course. Uh, he played yeah. re- he played really well at East Lake, uh, which he typically does. But um, uh, I think that he being paired with Tiger, I think that's going to give him a comfort level. I mean, those guys. I mean, he was talking today, you know, just that you know he got or he got to know him, or he was around him enough as a kid that he stopped the kind of ooing and eyeing over. Oh, it's Tiger Woods, and he's like now, yeah. and now he's like when I'm with him, he's like, shit, I want to beat him. He's like, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think yeah. about oh, it's Tiger Woods. He's like, oh, it's Tiger Woods. I'm going to beat this guy today, and yeah. so so I, I think that 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 bodes really well for JT on uh, you know being paired with him. So yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and he's you know he's um, a phenomenal player in his own right. I mean, I think he's there's a healthy respect for Tiger now, but they do want to kick his ass. Whereas it used <laughs> to be when he when he came out, there was an awe around him, and 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 they couldn't beat him. Yeah. Uh, now now they know that when he's on, they can't beat him, but. But nine times out of ten, almost somebody's going to take him down. Well, he's gotten old enough, and the the kids mm-hmm. now are young enough that it's like you know that that uh, the, the story, the old adage is true, right? I mean, youth prevails, you know. So, oh, it does, it does. But also, I think he changed the way that the game is played. So he, they're all all these kids now, and they're not. I mean, they're mid twenties, but they grew up watching him play, hit it hard, hit it high you know go after every par five and so like the the idea of laying up to a perfect yardage doesn't exist on tour anymore they're just mm-hmm. trying to send yeah. it yeah just send uh, it. and so they they grew up doing that and so they're playing the game that he played 20 years ago when nobody else was really doing that mm-hmm. like it used to be the long hitters were yeah he's a great person to watch he's entertaining but he's not going to win much and now tiger kind of changed that mm-hmm. he hit it far putted well Mm-hmm. Uh, wedged it better than Greg Norman and all the rest of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah awesome. Uh, well, John, uh, I, we don't want to keep you all night. I know it's getting kind of late in the evening. We uh, yeah. we we very much appreciate. Uh, unless you got something else you want to drop on us. No, uh, no, no. Get, I, I, I'm done with my pairings. The the, they were great. the other one I'll tell you off air, but. Uh, <laughs> okay. uh, yeah so uh well we really appreciate you coming on again uh we do we do have another major coming up in uh give or take a month or so so we'd love to have you back on if that's okay yeah i've I've played there a few times as well so i can i can (laughs) now he's bragging now you're you're bragging about it okay oh yeah Mm -hmm. i played wingfoot oh i got a little pad there Yeah, rightfully so. That's a good thing to brag about. I I bragged about worse, I can guarantee you that. So Yeah, uh, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. That's Um, what you do when you go down there. You call everybody you know and say, Hey, what are you doing today? (laughs) Nice. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Uh, well hey, so we've had a great time chatting with uh with our friend John Tattersall from Fusion Atlanta. Uh get you know, if you're looking for uh training physically uh fitness or or golf uh check them out on instagram i think it's fusion atl it is fusion atl and then tattersall golf on mm-hmm. instagram as well it's a, it's yeah a, it's good stuff yeah, if you yeah. can't tell uh, great dude mm-hmm. uh we really appreciate his time and uh i don't know dan anything else no just check him out on the on the instagram and whatnot it's got some great stuff out there and you know, he's, he's great and that's perfect well, thanks thanks john for joining yeah, us today. and if, honestly with this social stuff if guys have, uh, tell you or you think of anything people want more information on because i'm trying to figure out well, like what do people want on instagram and i'm trying to be, not be too overbearing like mm-hmm. hey this kid won this it's like mm-hmm. it's a great medium to get out and put information out so 
welcome with any feedback on that kind of stuff from any of your listeners. Cool. So Very let cool. me know. We will. Let we me will. Know. We will. Yeah. Awesome. We'll do, man. We appreciate it. John. Thanks, guys. Thanks, appreciate buddy. It. Cheers. Right. Right. Thanks. Cheers. Take care. <laughs> 